Welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. He almost made it. He was so close. He could see the finish line, and he missed. Oh, and I bonked. You're within inches of perfection. Yeah. That's the story of my life. We'll keep trying. (laughs) And uh, so, interesting nighting here tonight. There is a grill in the middle of the floor. It's not lit. It's a brand new grill. I'm assuming that he's going to give that away or something. I should hope so. I mean, otherwise, it's a tremendous fire hazard. Very sedate in the cigar shop tonight. The Predators played last night. And not only that, but spring has finally arrived. It seems like last year we spent the entire winter talking about how nice the weather was. And so this year it's taken until May before we got our first day where actually most people are sitting outside. Yeah, I had my windows open, enjoying the ride up here, been doing a lot of enjoying the yesterday my wife had me run an errand for her, and it was a perfect excuse to smoke a cigar. Hey, that's perfect. That's what I always love. But speaking of smoking a cigar, let's talk about what we're going to light up tonight. All right. Uh, why don't you go first? So I'm smoking something different. This is a GTO cigar. It's GTO cigars, and this is the Anesthesia. It's a Dominican-grown Cuban seed aged Dominican Lajero. The binder is Dominican and grown Cuban seed, and the wrapper is aged Maduro and Corojo. That's a lot of words. That is a lot of words. And I've I've actually met the owner of GTO and smoked countless cigars with him. He's a great guy. His name's Oscar, and and he puts so much of his personality into every one of his cigars. I really enjoy... Is he a drug addict? I mean, we got the painkiller, Jane. We've got the... (laughs) You know, this one that I'm smoking is the Anesthesia, the Tranquilo, the Mandinga. I mean, I'm just curious what he's got going on in his life. (laughs) You would actually really like the Mandinga. Actually, I'm I'm very lucky. I met him myself. Um, We were down in Madison at the cigar event. He does all the events. He's one of the guys that's still bootstrapping, too. Anytime you go to an event, he's there with his brand. And that's that's becoming more and more rare, but it's awesome when you get to, to... rub elbows with the guy whose name is on the box. Well, he's a really good dude. Um, They were doing that giveaway we talked about where you buy two from each of the reps, and he was one of the reps. And, of course, I bought two cigars, and he said, hey, you know, if you buy one more, you get one free. So I ended up with four GTO cigars. (laughs) Brilliant piece of marketing. It sounds like it. But I've not smoked this cigar before. I like the toothiness of the wrapper. I like the look. Uh, I like a lot about it. I probably pass by it often because the wrapper resembles a Gurkha too much. (laughs) I can see that a little bit. And it kind of has that Gurkha-esque appearance, but I'm going to give it a shot tonight and see what I think. One of the things that's great, he also does a, a barber pole that is really, really good. And I think it's under the painkiller line. When he first came out... He did what we've talked about before that we both really appreciate is each cigar was only one size. There weren't a whole lot of different sizes per se. And and I think that really helped because people were able to find the blend that they wanted much more easily than one of these new companies that comes out with a full profile. Well, this one's a 6x54. It's about the right size. Mm-hmm. Just a good cigar. So what are you smoking? Uh, well... <laughs> I am smoking the Jacob's Ladder from Southern Draw, which you were so gracious enough to gift to me tonight. Uh, This is actually one of the Southern Draws that I haven't had before. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's got a pedigree that I'm all all about. It's Pennsylvania Broadleaf Wrapper, Ecuadorian Maduro Binder, and Nicaraguan Filler. So it's got a lot going on. It's the Toro, so it's a 6x52, which is right in my wheelhouse. Um, You've said nothing but good things about this cigar. From the color of the wrapper to the flavor of the cigar, the start, the finish, can't say enough about that. It was my favorite Southern draw till I smoked the Rosa Sharon. Oh, I don't think we've talked about that one. We haven't. The Rosa Sharon, we have not talked about the Rosa Sharon yet. It was in that four-pack that Cassidy Monte Cristo had, and I um, picked some of them up in such a mild, great cigar. Just an absolutely wonderful smoke. So I'm interested 
Has your rapper got a malfunction? Yeah, it has. But I was able. Uh, we we have an audience tonight who was very concerned over the looks I was giving the cigar as I was trying to figure out how to cut it without exacerbating the rip that was already there. Do you need me to lick it for you? No, I think I can handle that on my own. Okay, well, just just in case you're nervous with the big crowd and got the dry mouth and all those things, I was <laughs> I was going to offer to be of service. No, I think that's what you bring Ace around for, isn't it? That that is. He's a Labrador slash cigar licking dog. But um, yeah, Oscar and okay, what kind of doctor is Oscar? His um, his bio says Doctor Oscar Rodriguez. So mm-hmm. what is he a doctor of? You know, about four years ago, I would have been able to answer that, but I don't remember anymore. Missed uh, it by that much. Yeah, exactly right. No, I believe he was a physician in a previous life. And he moved on to cigars. Got tired of the hypocrisies. But, uh, that would have that been funny if I'd have said it right. That would have been. <laughs> I'll give you points for trying. You, you, you gave it a real college try. So Now, what have we got in cigar news this week? I know you've got a few things. I've got a few things. Why don't you go first? So, Screw Pop... Um, is adding a mag pulse cutter. So Screw Pop is a new accessories company. All right. And it's not the same people that did the shuriken, did it? Is it? No, thankfully <laughs> no. And what they're doing in this cutter is they're actually using rare earth magnets to keep it in line to open it and close it. So it's going to be magnetically based rather than mechanically based. It's a really interesting thing because their claim is, their claim is that, you know how sometimes when you push a cutter, it'll rack? Yeah. And you'll get a little uneven? That their magnets keep that from happening will keep it aligned. But I've, I've never seen a magnet that could do the job of a gear. The thing is, though, so is this going to be kind of a, a double guillotine in the shape of... Okay. Oh, man, that's gorgeous, though. Look at that thing. I might have to get one of those. It's pretty sharp. Well, I think in the interest of the show, you should pick one up. Do you, does it have the retail price listed there before I commit to that? <laughs> it does not. The cutter is milled from 6061 T6 aluminum, and the blades are 420 stainless steel. So probably not a lot. I mean, that's not. it's not like it's titanium inlaid with bald eagle feathers. That's right. But, no, I, those rare earth magnets, If you have you ever had a chance to play with a couple of them? Yeah, I bought some of them um, for, the, for the strangest reason. Um, I got, I always lost stud finders, and you could take those rare earth magnets and run them across and find a drywall screw, and they'll stick to it, and then you know you've got a stud. Yep. And I bought a whole slew of them just for that reason, because then the beautiful part of that is, so often you run across with your stud finder, and if you don't have a pencil in your hand, you can't mark it. You can just leave the magnet stuck up there. Right. And you can leave, you know, it just it's its own marker. Yeah, that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, it's a it's an easy way to use them, but they're known for their eponymous keychain tool called the screw pop. I'm guessing. Yeah, the screw pop. What is what does eponymous mean? It means it's takes its its name is derived from its same name. Aha. Uh-huh. So a self titled album would be an eponymous album, for example. Uh huh. Oh, that's neat. That's small, too. It is. I don't know what it's used for, but anyway. We've got to start doing a video podcast if we're going to sit here talking the whole time about <laughs> pictures instead. Of well, granted, I do. <laughs> okay. Everybody out there, I'm going to share something with you. It's a slow news weekend cigars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when the rare earth magnet cutter catches and makes the cut, it's a slow weekend cigar news. I, actually, no. I would have, if I had seen that, I would have brought that in because you know what a what a fanboy I am for all things accessories, especially when someone's trying something new. I know Zycar about three years ago released a new cutter that was gear-based as opposed to just friction-based. And, man, and it was round. It was kind of a little hockey puck kind of thing. I, I bought one of those the day it came out. I was so excited about that. Ended up not being my favorite cutter of, of all time, but it, it was because the gears were plastic instead of metal. So kind of going back to your point about gears always being better, that's been one of those oper- one of those arenas where I've seen where it has a small fail, fail point. It does, and I wonder if sometimes that's not designed into it. Well, I think weight. Because the thing is, for the, for the cutter that that is, it's actually fairly lightweight, and I think that that's what they were going to. That makes sense. 
So, this podcast will be released on Cinco de Mayo. And I'll yes, ag- I will. We talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago as We'd- being one of your favorite holidays because it, it exists for no other reason than because it exists. It's the gratuitous nudity of the holiday world. Yeah. There's, it, there's no reason for it. It moves the story ahead, not at all, but it's here. Well, it's not exactly true, but it's the way it's celebrated here anyway. But, in honor of Cinco de Mayo, let's talk San Andreas. Okay. San Andreas rapper, one of my favorite rappers. I really enjoy a San Andreas rapper. I like the flavor of it. You know, I smoked one in the interview I did with Pedro. Um, Just one of my favorites. So I started Googling San Andreas rappers, and I have several cigars that I bet you would have never thought were a San Andreas rapper. All right. Camacho Triple Maduro. Yeah, I did know about that one, actually. You did know that one. Yeah. And that's... And that's one of those those cigars that's just so phenomenal because of the way that wrapper blends. It's a very similar, the internals of that cigar are very similar to the Corojo, but I, th- I think there may be one leaf different. But that San Andreas wrapper gives it a little bit more punch. Yeah, it's the combination of the light and the dark coming together. Yeah, there's there's so much spiciness in that in okay. that wrapper. Okay, Mr. Know-It-All, so we're going to quiz you. Okay, you got to give me something to go on. San Andreas or not? Oh, I like this. Jericho Hill. No. It is. It is? Jericho Hill. San Andreas You just rapper. wanted me to get a crown heads one wrong, didn't you? That, that, was, my, <laughs> that was my whole purpose of life. Um, La Roma de Cuba, mi amore. That one might be. Sorry, you have to commit. I know. I don't think the Miamor is. Miamor and the Miamor Reserva, both San Andreas rappers. Okay, I'll make this one easy for you. Christoph San Andreas. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one might be. Oh, wait, yeah, you're you're right on that one. And I'll um, name a Drew Estate with a San Andreas rapper. I know you're not the biggest Drew Estate fan. I'm not. I, I... uh, See, this is why we don't let him prep, ladies and gentlemen, because he would have just Googled San Andreas rapper and blew me away. Right, exactly. Um, a, a Drew Estate with a San Andreas rapper. I'm, there are two. Um, there's the Undercrown? That is one. You are correct. The other is the Muwat. My Uzi weighs a ton. Oh, okay. But going through the list, I think um, Nortano by Drew Estate, also a San Andreas rapper. And it's such a light cigar, I'd have never plugged it as a San Andreas. Yeah. So on Cinco de Mayo, I think we all should smoke a San Andreas rapper. Does that not make sense? It absolutely makes sense. I think I might have to pick up a Jericho Hill. And all the, the previously unbeknownst. Yeah, exactly. But, but now I have a good reason. But I was surprised, actually, at the amount of them. You know, the Rocky Patel Vintage 2006. Yeah. The orange label that's not the 50th, which, by the way, Rocky. <laughs> Easy killer. If there's good... They haven't written us off a sponsorship yet. <laughs> okay. They haven't totally abandoned us. Okay. I'll, I'll just say... Make it a little more identifiable. There's more colors for labels than orange. I mean, look at this GTO label I've got here. It's purple, it's red, it's gold. It's got all the hallmarks of a decent cigar label. It is well executed. A little big for your taste. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, the label is a little larger than what I'm usually used to. So give me your first impression of the Southern Draw. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I, I can't really identify anything on it yet. I've had... Some bad luck lately with cigars, though. Look at that thing. It's trying to tunnel on. Yeah, it sure is. And the cigar I smoked on the way here today did it. Uh, Probably three of my last ten cigars have had that same problem. I'm convinced it must be me. Well, perhaps the extra marathoning has increased your lung capacity. And and I'm just sucking sucking the end out of them. (laughs) Maybe you ought to slow down there, killer. Right. And all. Speaking of which, how'd the marathon go this weekend? It, it went all right. I, I missed my goal by nine minutes, which is light years and a half marathon. But I finished in 154 dead. 
so the anal retentiveness in me was really proud that it was a nice round minute. Right. It wasn't with 54.06543. Exactly. Um, but it was a good race. It was tough. The weather could not have asked for better. And the crowd, I've got to say, I don't know if it's like this at all rock and roll series marathons, but the crowd in Nashville, there was not a step you took in that entire 13.1 miles where there wasn't someone lining the road cheering you on. And that just makes all the difference in the world. So you're a marathoner. Your your endurance sports are kind of your shtick. I'm stepping away from cigars here because i got to ask a question. Okay. So I sent you a text Friday. I beat my best time on the 2,000-meter row by 52 seconds. A 2,000-meter row for me is usually a 10-minute, 50-second, 10-minute, 30-second type row. I beat it by a full 52 seconds. I had 10 minutes and one second or something like that for the 2,000-meter row. All week, I have not been able to come within 20 seconds of that time again. What yeah. happened? What, did I just have magic feet that day? What was the deal? It's a combination of a couple of things, probably. Uh, conditions have to be right. I mean, for any sport, whether you're going for a, a deadlift record or whether you're going for a distance or a time, you know, conditions have to be right. And the other thing is when you put out a, an extreme effort like that, Anyone who follows me on Strava knows I'm about to speak lies. Uh, but any time that you put out an extreme effort like that, the likelihood of you coming back as strong or stronger immediately following that is very, very slim. Because your body needs time to recover. Well, but I, I only do the rowing machine on cardio days, so I've only done it three times since then. And... I've, I understand I may not hit that, you know, that personal best every time, but I should be able to get within 20, 25 seconds of it. It also depends if you're going for it or not. I mean, it, is your focus strictly on trying to get to that point again? It, it also depends on how well you slept the night before, what kind of dinner you had the night before, what you had for breakfast that day. Like All of that stuff really plays into it, your hydration level especially. See, this is why I like to just lift heavy things. Because you go in, you get that perfect clarity, you put 300 pounds on your chest, and you throw it up there. And it, well, and you none do. Of, it, <laughs> and a lot of this stuff doesn't come into play during lift, because lift is mass versus acceleration. You know, lift is just you pushing force. against the weight. Yeah, it's yeah. just pure force. And you can summon that up at any time. But you talk about spanning it out over 2,000 meters... And you have, it's just, a, and I think Friday it was just I had the day off. I was going to watch wrestling with the guys. I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't thinking about anything but just enjoying myself. And I guess that's what. You know, the mental aspect of those types of accomplishments is so underrated and probably the most important thing. You can train all you want, but if you're not in the right headspace, you're never going to get it. And see, that for me, that's what I like about endurance sports is the fact that it's not just show up and do it. It's all the preparation and all the, the different nuances that can make a difference between seconds and minutes and things like that. By the way, I have to ask our studio audience, if I put 15 pounds of muscle on Trey, would he not look 100% different? Would it not be awesome? <laughs> That's not really fair. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, I can't do that? I just, I just think if we put 15 pounds of muscle on him, we filled out the shoulder blades... Got the, you know, got the chest and everything. I just think 15 pounds of muscle. I have been trying since I was a freshman in high school to put pounds of muscle on. If it's not happened by now, it's not going to. Well, I, I, just, I just would like to say I was going to have to check with the studio audience since they were sitting here. But anyway, coming back to cigars. So you have... A surprising development. You have a complaint with Cigar Aficionado? I, I do, and I, I wasn't able to find the article, unfortunately, because I wanted to be able to link to it. A friend of mine in the cigar industry, so I'll let them remain nameless, posted on Facebook this week uh, a link to an article from Aficionado, and it was things to look for in a cigar shop. And this is something we talk about on the show quite often. Uh, and so I read the article, and the article was maybe three paragraphs long. Now, Cigar Aficionado is known as the end-all, be-all when it comes to cigar news and, and information. That's usually people's first stop when they're looking for something. And 
really the only thing that they mentioned was when you walk into the humidor, it should feel a little balmy. They didn't talk about anything else other than just, you know, if, if it feels good when you walk in the humidor, you know that the guy that runs a place is probably a good guy. And that was basically the crux of the, the entire three paragraphs. And I just thought that was a real misstep on their part. There's so much that goes into, yes, a well-kept humidor is tremendously important. And some would say the most important part of a cigar shop. And I would tend to agree with them, but there's way more going on than just 70 degrees and 70% humidity when you walk in the humidor. You know... It is kind of like aficionado just, they called it, uh, some guy called in a favor, and all of a sudden he gets an article in aficionado. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many, it it could have been a little bit longer article and touched on a couple of more things, ventilation, good group of regulars, you know, anything that that we've talked about ad nauseum. I mean, we've gone on, we've probably talked about cigar environment and what makes a good one for 30 hours over the course of the last year, if you added it all together? Well, and energy. I mean, the energy when you walk into a lounge can make all the difference. You know, is everybody huddled up in individual groups or people spread out? Or, you know, what exactly is going on with everybody in there? You know, that's that's a huge thing for me. Do you feel comfortable the second you walk through the door? That's the first thing I look at. There are some shops around here where I walk in the door and I immediately feel on edge. Those are places I don't tend to go. And I think that's, I, I think for an article like that, if you're going to be the first stop for a lot of people maybe getting into the hobby, I think you need to maybe address that in terms of you're not going to like every shop that you go to. And just because their humidor is well-stocked and well cared for doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't like being there, that the problem is you. Yeah, and also, okay, so... Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it, but... So, question... Do you like an employee to follow you into the humidor or not? I hate it. You hate it. But that's kind of tainted a little bit by the fact that I've been smoking since I was 18 years old. And at that time, I looked like I was 15. I've always looked considerably younger than I am. And so a lot of my early experience in cigars was walking into a humidor, knowing what I was looking for, and having the people follow me in immediately, ask to see my ID, and and constant, and just not be real kind about it. There's a difference between an employee following you into a humidor and say, hey, are you looking for anything particular? You know, can I help you? And if you say no, then just leave them alone. Because I've talked about this on the show as well. You walk into a humidor. There are very few humidors left on the planet that I can't walk into and find something I know I've smoked before. So I don't necessarily need a suggestion because I know it's just a matter of what I'm in the mood for and finding where you keep it geographically in your particular humidor. So the people that's, you know, no, I'm just kind of looking, all right, well, what do you like to smoke? Well, have you tried this? Well, have you tried this? Yes, I've tried all of those. Please just let me browse. Interesting. Well, so then let's, let's break this down. Let's dig just a little because I want to separate out. So are you saying... Employee following you into the humidor bad or employee following Trey into the humidor bad? I'm saying employee following Trey into the humidor is bad. Because I will say this, I understand why they do it because theft is so, so prevalent. uh, Cigars are so small and so easy to slip into a pocket, especially in the colder months where you've got big jackets and things like that. I understand why they do it. Um, But it's also a matter of knowing your audience. Well... So, life is easier. Everybody out there, I'm going to give a universal statement. Life is easier. You? No. I know, I know it's hard to believe, but I, I'm enriching the, the welfare of my fellow man. Life is easier if you embrace the white belt view of life. You know, when you first go into karate class, they strap a white belt on you. Yeah. Or Jeet Kundo or Judo or whatever class. Universally, the white belt is where you start. Right. And, by the way, that's one of the reasons I love martial arts is we tag everybody. Okay, he, I, I can give him a little, not him. But but the white belt... We should do that in the gym. Okay, we should. he needs my help. Okay, I can't offer him anything he doesn't already know. Yeah, we should. And it can't be just... And that's the problem in the gym is genetically, a guy can look like a freak and can't lift, you know, 
two inches and can run 20 miles. Right. So it's... This guy right here. Yeah. It, yeah. It's genetically, it's so different. But I embrace the white belt view of life. I think if anybody is willing to help me, if anybody comes in and believes that I am wearing a white belt, that... I give them the benefit of the doubt. I expect the best out of them. So I like the employee following me into the humidor. I don't assume he's trying to keep me from stealing stuff. I like the questions he asks. I like to find out what he's asking. And then I always like to ask a couple of my stock questions. You know, what you got here? I can't get nowhere else. What's your biggest over 60 ring gauge cigar? You know, things like that. And like I say, a lot of that for me comes from just the history of my experience in humidors. And and I I fully admit that, that that's a little bit of a prejudice that I've developed just through my experiences of being treated like a criminal or like someone who doesn't know what the heck he's doing for so long uh, that it just became a little bit of a pain point for me. So following that line of questioning, how do you dismiss an annoying employee? I'm still working on that. Because it, it never fails. It, and I run into this all the time. Where, no, I know exactly what I'm, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And they just keep on. They've been trained to do that. They're doing their job. So I don't begrudge them for it. I really don't. Well, it's interesting because I always try to engage them. But there are the annoying employees. There are the employees who are either trying too hard or you can tell they're just reading from the script. I would like to have a tact tactful way to dispatch an employee. Right. Well, the, you know, the other the other part of that is is I, you know, I've talked about before. Sometimes when I go to a cigar shop, it's just to have a cigar, and I don't want to interact with anybody. That is my downtime. I want to be quiet. I want other people to be quiet to me. And so, especially if I'm in that frame set, then and and this guy's just yammering on in my ear about the Dom Papine Blue label that I've had three boxes worth of in my life and the other cigars that I've smoked countless numbers of. It's, again, I get what they're trying to do and I know they've been trained to do it, but it's just, it falls on deaf ears with me. Well, and I will say, and this may be just that I know you, I don't know our studio audience can answer. You wear your emotions on your exterior more than anybody I know. You, I mean, you totally wear it. How many times have you walked? so not fair. <laughs> I just got a high five from the studio audience. <laughs> you are only now the second person in my life to ever say that to me. The other is our studio audience, and it happened about a week ago. And so here's the thing. I consider when, when someone says you wear emotions on her sleeve. I I think of those as being people that you tend to say have a short trigger or a short fuse. That's what I think of when you, you know the people that get mad at a drop of a hat or cry at the drop of a hat or have these wild swings of emotion. That's what I think of when someone says wearing emotions on their sleeves. That being said, given <laughs> in light of recent events, yes, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a very good day, those usually translate mostly in how talkative I am. They do that, but you also your general body language, you know, because I, I'm I love reading body language. No, that's that, <laughs> <laughs> and all. But you, you <laughs> definitely that, that's a little more obvious. That's the billboard. I'm speaking of the turn signal. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, how many times have I walked up to you and said I sense a disturbance in the force? And you had something going on. It's true, but I... And I can't do that with just everybody. You also don't spend three hours a week with everybody like you do me. That's true. There, there is, there is a, a point to that. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't do it with anybody of the opposite sex. I'm, I'm just saying, the two people who have said that about me are the two people that spend the most time with me in the course of a week. So it may not be that I wear my heart on my sleeve or emotions on my sleeve. It may just be that I'm not guarded around people that I trust. I don't know. I can, I can see it from a mile away. All right. But anyway, coming back to cigars. So th- Why don't we actually step away and take a break while you get that uh, canoe figured out? Yes, the anesthesia. <laughs> so why don't we step away? It's about that time, and we'll come back with more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under $8. This week we're going to talk about the Drew Estate Muat. 
Mousy weighs a ton. I have smoked so many of this cigar, and it's one I haven't touched in a while. But when it first came out, man, this is so full-flavored and just really strong, full of body. Excellent, excellent cigar. You know, it's funny because the um, website I'm looking at says it's medium, but I think it's way closer to full than medium. Absolutely. I think it's definitely a light full to a hard medium. And, and I think a lot of that full bodiness comes from the fact that they're all bigger sizes. You're not going to get Toros or you're not going to get uh, Robustos and Perfectos in the Muat. It's Toro 6x60. I think they do a 8 by 80 No, they do a 7 by 70 I know. So it's, it's mostly, it's, it's big cigars. Yeah, they do a se- the 5x60, which is the one we're talking about this week, is $7.60 suggested retail price. A lot of cigar for that money, just a great smoke. They also have a 6x60, a 7x60, and a 7x70 available. And I've got a couple of the 7x70s, and I've really enjoyed them. But it has the San Andreas wrapper. It is a Nicaraguan binder and filler. Absolutely great cigar coming out of the factory there in Esteli. Um, just the whole Muat line is one of my favorite, and this is kind of the figurehead of that line. It's a great, great cigar, especially for that price. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, joined by the man that wears the biggest cigar band in the industry, Trey Dedman. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. I had a whole great bit about that that got way too out of touch to actually use on there. I'll just say it ended with, yes, dear, that is a La Grande Velicosa. But anyway, so coming back, tell me the Jacob's Ladder. You're halfway through. You're at the halfway mark. Very oaky. Very, very woody in flavor, and which maybe they put part of the ladder in it. I don't know. And <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. There's just so much flavor in this cigar. And you know, Southern Draw is not one I go to very often. I've had a number of them, but it's just one of those, for some reason, for me, even though I like it, it's easy for me to walk past. So I'm really glad you put it in my hand tonight. I don't reach for the Southern Draw as often as I would like to because just the availability. They're just, you know, not a lot of shops carry them. They're kind of a, a niche product. You know, you can get them at Casa de Monte Cristo around here, but I don't think I've seen them at any other cigar shops here locally. That's the only place that I've seen them. And I know it's kind of a regional thing. I came to know about them when I was in Texas, and they were still a fairly re- regional brand at that point. So I wonder if maybe they're participation at, at Casa Monte Cristo is just because they have that national reach. Probably has to be something like that, but they're very good. The Rosa Sharon, absolutely one of my favorite cigars they make. Um, granted, I'm affected a little bit by my sentimentality because my mother's name is Sharon and my grandmother always kept a rose bush she, or a rose of Sharon bush that she planted when mom was born in the front yard. So there, so I may, that may color my my cigar experience some i'm not ashamed to say Uh, i'll be the first one to admit that my love for the tennessee waltz has a lot to do with sentimentality have you waltzed or is it just because you're in tennessee um i have waltzed you have waltzed. tennessee waltz is one of my favorite songs i I think i've talked about on the show that it also has ties back to baylor where i went to college um and of course just the tennessee connection as well so there's there's a lot to unpack there for me I'm going to have to compile a list of esoteric habits that you have. Accordions, waltzing, um, documentaries about the southeastern tree limbing. I was a competition ballroom dancer for a while. I had no idea. I thought you did. No. How do you compete in ballroom dancing? How is it judged? Form. Is it all form? And it's form, creativity. Now, do they... Because the whole idea is that you're telling a story. Do you bring your own partner, or do they assign you to a random one? You bring your own partner. See, now, to me, if you're going to have the contest, you assign a random partner. Now, if you want to judge uh, the the guy's ability as a dancer, that would be the absolute way to judge it, because the man leads. And so a, a man who's a good dancer can take a female who's never danced before and still have a good dance. So, yeah, I, th- I think you assign... A, a random dancer and then and then judge it on that would be a, a very good skills competition well you know it's like my theory you know every year here in nashville they have the national wild turkey federation's convention at the opryland hotel and i don't get it they do a world champion calling contest 
So why don't we like turn 10 of them loose in the bayou of Opryland Hotel and whoever <laughs> shoots one, the biggest one <laughs> actually gets to take it home. I mean, let's make it a real contest. Having worked at the Opryland Hotel while that group was in-house, I fully support that idea. <laughs> I do. I think, they should, I think they should just let them go. You know, you're on the little riverboat going through the river through the middle of the hotel and there's some dude camouflage over there. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder chickens in the top of the Delta. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they don't do that. It seems like they're missing a perfect opportunity. <laughs> it's just certain, this is the way my mind works. But to your thing about ballroom dancing and partners, that's always standby for obligatory wrestling reference. That's always one of the things we say about a great wrestler is that man could wrestle a mop for 30 minutes and make it look good. And that's the hallmark of a great wrestler. You know, Ric Flair could wrestle a mop for 30 minutes and make you think the mop had a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of that's the art of it. So I'm, I'm in favor of random partner ballroom dancing. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it started. There we go. After our underwater basket league is over, we'll go for that. <laughs> But the other thing I want to talk about, let's talk personalized cigar accessories. This seems like something that you wouldn't be a fan of. I don't know. I think I am. Because I, th- I would like to have my own label. You know, I'd have to acquire the appropriate state and local licensing and have Pedro make me my cigar. But wouldn't it be great to have a cigar with your face on the label? That you could just whip out of your pocket. Here you go. Try one of these. <laughs> Here's one of mine. Let's see somebody look at the label, look at you, look at the label, look at you. I mean, I think that would be great. Isn't that what Matt Booth does? <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's that's his whole reason for doing that. But so you can actually order from Martinez Cigars, custom cigar labels printed for if you have a wedding, um, a football game, a golf tournament. You know, if I was going to do a golf tournament as my business, I could have a plans for the future label put on. To the um, to the cigar I'm handing out. It's like I'm not familiar with Martinez cigars. Is that do they make anything that I'd know? They're all custom cigars, bands, and accessories. Yeah, it's like seventy five bucks is the setup fee, and then whatever the bands cost. You, unless you request a quote, quote, you can't find out what the bands cost. Right. But that's I can't think the bands cost a lot. No, I would. It's a piece of paper. And I wonder if they send the pectin or not, if they send the pectin for you to put it on yourself or how that's supposed to work. Surely they put it on, or you just buy the bands. This is just the bands. You just buy the bands show up, and then you put it on the cigar of your choice. I'm guessing most people probably just use a little scotch tape. Probably, but I I would want to go old school. I'd want to put the pectin on it. I'd want to do it up. That can get real messy in a hurry if you don't know what you're doing. Well, sure. I mean, okay, so you ruin 50 cigars up front. At least you still... (laughs) You've got enough for the wedding, for the groomsmen and all. But now, a lot of times, they also have in here cases for the groomsmen, cigar cases for groomsmen gifts. They have cutters for groomsmen's gift. Did you? I didn't have a wedding. So do you get groomsmen's gifts at weddings? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fairly typical. Uh, it, I mean, it usually kind of depends. It's... A lot of times what I've seen from working on the retail side are the, are the people that come in and actually just buy cigars and to, for the bachelor party or for the night before to just kind of sit around and enjoy. I don't see a whole lot of cigar accessories because that's one of those things, unless your entire party are people that are cigar guys, it's, it's a bit of a reach to get everybody a, a cigar cutter with your anniversary date or, or a lighter in kind. Um, so it's not something I know I, I see a whole lot, but I could see if if that was your whole if that was your whole group, then that might make sense. Yeah, I mean, if if the two of you met at the cigar bar and the regulars are going to be your groomsmen, it would obviously make a lot of sense. Yeah, to do a personalized cutter or something like that. Speaking of personalized items, though, have you seen the stuff that Austin recently got here in the shop? I did. He reached out to Calibri, and I'm so happy he did, and they came up with a bunch of different lighters and cutters for him that have his shop logo printed right on the right on it and it looks fantastic they did a great job and it's just a nice way to you know if you're going to be purchasing something in the shop anyway especially if you're a regular i would love to have one with with his logo on it. i think that's great yeah i mean i've considered buying another sv cut because you know i have an sv cut i bought when they first come out but now he has the sv cut with the crown cigars logo on it yeah and I've considered purchasing one just for that reason because it's nice. It's nice to have that and kind of 
have that showing of the shop. Now, now when it comes to personalizing your accessories and stuff like that, are you? Here's where I think that you're not a huge fan. Is I don't see you as the type of guy that would have one monogrammed or have one with your name on it. No, I don't see myself doing that just because it's not, you know, pretty much everybody knows my accessories anyway. They see my kit. It's either in my kit or in the process of lighting a cigar some nights sitting on the poker table. But to me, the purpose of monogramming is something is so you don't get it confused with somebody else's. Right. And there's such a variety in cigar tools and cigar tools you prefer. You know, I prefer the SV cut and I prefer... The, either the Julius or my jet lighter, depending. But now you always carry a Zycar. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, the only reason I've been carrying the Zycar cutter lately is because my my S-cut Calibri got a nick in the blade, and it won't close now. I need to send it back and get it fixed. Yeah. That, I don't how even, did you nick the blade? I have no idea. It just, all of a sudden, one day... The man starts a TV hanging business, and he starts using these dang cutters as wire strippers. And we just, <laughs> it just, it's falling apart. We're going to have to get you back on track. I don't know what's happening to you. No, I think I, I did let someone borrow it is the only thing I can think of that happened. But, I mean, I, I watch people use my stuff. I, I can't think of a way that cutting a lighter would create a nick in the blade, but it did. It, it took a big old chunk out of it. Interesting. Well, yeah, so it's, I think everybody's preference to what gear they use for their cigars. Um, and by and large, the whole monogramming thing I don't get into. I don't see my name on everything I got. Right. It, it seems, it's, it's more of a gifting thing to me. I feel like if I were going to monogram something, it would be someone else's monogram for the purpose of giving it to them as a gift. And then that's where you get into your whole, everyone's preferences are so individualized that when it comes to lighters and cutters and things, that can be a little bit of a sticky wicket. So I have a cigar situation for you. All right. You and your boss go out for a cigar together. You find out that your boss is a cigar guy. Okay. Theoretically. That actually happens to be true. And you go to the lounge together. What's the cigar you pick to make the statement of who you are to your boss? Uh, see, this one's kind of tricky. Because if you pick a quorum, you look cheap. If you pick a anniversary 26, he's going to think he pays you too much. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can't really go too esoteric. You know, if you, if you grab a Roma Craft... Does he think? Oh, does he think? Oh, this guy thinks outside the box and knows good cigars, or does he think? Oh, this dude's high maintenance. I don't know if I'd go so much so so far that direction, but that's actually probably a situation where I'm picking up either a Yellow Rose or a Tennessee Waltz. Not a bad choice. Yeah. Not a bad it's, choice. It's the middle of the road, but it has a story as well. Yeah, it's a it's a cigar of a little history, so it's not near as hard. But it is kind of kind of neutral. Most times dealing with your boss, you're better off being a little neutral than to making a statement in any direction. Absolutely. So you would pick a Tennessee Waltz or a Yellow Rose of Texas. Yeah. Now, if you're, what's the one cigar, if you're a newbie and you say, oh, yeah, I smoke cigars, and your boss says, yeah, I do too, and you come to find out, you know, he's got a 3,000-stick humidor at his house, and he says, pull you one of them out, what do you get? The, the one that has the highest quantity. You, you don't, I mean, if you're, if you're a neophyte and you don't really know what you're looking at, I'd say go for the one that he has the most of. That way you're not accidentally grabbing one that was saving for his daughter's graduation or also not you know, something that is just kind of rare, one of a kind. And you can imagine that the likelihood if this guy has a, a humidor of that size and there's one that is in significant more higher quantities than the other, it's probably a go-to favorite of his as well. So then you kind of look good. Well, see, because the other end of that theory is if he's got a whole bunch of them sitting there, probably not a cigar he likes because he's not smoked them all up yet. No, anyone who's going to have a humidor like the one you describe is going to keep their favorite in well supplied. See, I think you pick something at eye level, because eye level is going to be where the majority of his sticks are pulled from. Don't reach for the top shelf. The top shelf is more than likely going to be reserved for his premium stuff. See, I find that most people with a big hum home humidor like that tend to put the real high dollar stuff at the very bottom. 
Oh, see, mine, the high dollar stuff, the premium stuff in my humidor is on the top shelf. Well, you also have a retail style humidor that doesn't really. <laughs> there is that. And I do also have a secondary humidor where I keep the really good stuff that's never open to the public. Right. So there is that. But I do think, you know, you kind of pick eye level because that's probably where he's eye level or even a notch down. That's probably where he's pulling the majority of his daily smokers out of. And like you said, looking to be sure that there's two or three, being sure you don't pull his last Undercrown Sungrown, probably a good move. Yeah, usually. No, no, just, a, just an interesting cigar situation. Cigar Advisor did a whole um, article about what cigar your boss smokes and how to impress your boss of a cigar. And it, it was much like the Aficionado article, a lot of fluff. Yeah. Not a whole lot of, of content coming down to that. So, Kentucky Derby this weekend. Yes. And I'll, who's your, who's your pick? I haven't actually looked at the card yet. I'm just going to go ahead and say promises fulfilled. Put your money on promises fulfilled, everyone. That, that's what, what are the odds on promises fulfilled? Little shy of a prom night? Somewhere along there. It doesn't say. It just says promises fulfilled is starting in position number three. And on the last winner from position number three was in 1998. Real quiet. Yeah, so prob- probably probably a little bit of a long shot. And, uh, and I, I went into, and we'll have to save it for the cigars after dark, how I pick my winner for the Kentucky Derby every year. But I'm just going ahead and going on, going on the record, promises fulfilled to win the Kentucky Derby this year. And the Kentucky Derby is actually on Cinco de Mayo as well. So there's a whole lot of partying and drinking going on. Who do you have, a, like a, a mint julep margarita? Is that? <laughs> I, do, I do kind of Margarita julep. <laughs> I will say I was on a cruise one time and I caught a cold and the mint julep saved my life. Oh, yeah? That's a great, if you've got a cold drink. That was, back when I was drinking, mint julep was one of my favorite cocktails i was not a cocktail guy at all but a well-made mint julep is really hard to beat but the key there is well-made and those are so hard to find yeah don't want too much mint don't want too much of anything like that okay i've got to relight my cigar tell me about your weekend cigars i have been burning through that box of avo heritage that i bought it has been it's been really nice to have a, a fully stocked humidor in the house again, especially with the weather getting so nice. Um, I, I did have the... So at the AVO event, one of the prizes that I won was a four-pack of cigars. And it had two Fagatas of Synchro Nicaragua and then like an unnamed label. And I really wish I could get my hands on on what that was because it tasted like smoking my pipe. It was incredible. I would love to be able to buy that cigar. Even at 13 bucks, I would pay that for that cigar. It was that good. And those are all the, are those the Toro size or are those a little bigger? Yeah, it was a Toro size. Okay, I thought that pack came in the Toro size. We'll have to consult Garrett, our local rep, and find out what that cigar is. Absolutely. Hopefully, when the mics are off, we can get him to tell us. Yeah, yeah, he he can release company secrets. So, I went to Smoke on the Water this weekend, which it's an event here in Nashville. It benefits the Hope Clinic for Women. And one of the guys actually that frequents the cigar shop here, he organizes it and runs it and everything like that. Um, Basically what we do is we all go and we get on the General Jackson, one of the oldest paddle boats still in operation, and we smoke cigars and float down the Cumberland River and have a big meal and all that. And it's it's just a great event. Yeah. And there's just something about having a cigar out on the open water and enjoying the the splendor of nature as the sun sets and there's something a little down. nostalgic about smoking a cigar on a riverboat too i've actually never been able to go to smoke on the water unfortunately it's something I've, I've wanted to do it was this the fourth year they've done it i think 21st <clears throat> wow okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> um 
All right. So it's been going on a lot longer than I thought. But it's something that since I moved back and became aware of it, let's start there, uh, that I've wanted to be, but I've just never been in the position to do it. I've always been busy on that weekend or whatever. But it sounds, everybody I talk to that goes says they have just a blast. Well, uh, my only complaint with it is that it's on a Sunday night. Yeah. I hate when you schedule anything for a Sunday night because that leads to a rough Monday morning. You kind of know that Monday morning is going to be a little more difficult, a little more challenging. Especially when it's something like that where, you know, whether you're drinking or not, it's just the the energy that's required to get out of the house, to go to an event, and then it's, I mean, it, it departs from the Opryland Hotel, which is way outside of town. So it's a bit of an effort just to get home from there. So that kind of really, after you've had a nice, enjoyable evening, it kind of wears on you a little bit still, just the process of getting home. Yeah, it's just it's just a little, it's it's the wrong time. A Saturday night would be so much better. Yeah, but I have a feeling they're not going to let them rent out the General Jackson on a Saturday night. That's uh, I imagine they get a little better deal doing it on Sunday night than they do on a Saturday night. And like I said, it benefits the Hope Clinic for women. And, you know, there's nothing like cigar guys. I just want to say the generosity that the cigar guys, they had a silent auction, they had a loud auction, but... I guarantee you more money come from guys just stopping and dropping a 20 in the hat than from anything they gave away or anything they did. I donated two ashtrays that they auctioned off, and that was good because I had this gigantic Namakubi ashtray that I knew I would never use. Yeah. Oh, that thing is massive, too. Yeah, Yeah, and it sold for like $320. It was a great benefit for for the Hope Clinic and just a lot of fun. If there's events like that around you, especially if they benefit a charity, go to it because it's really interesting you really get to see the best of the cigar guys. You know, we always talk about cigar guys being good guys, and that's really where you get to see the best of them. Um, Well, speaking of ashtrays, why don't we plug our contest that we've got coming up? So want to give away a new ashtray. Why don't you tell them the rules of the contest? The rules of the contest are simple. You have to make up a cigar. Make up a cigar. Send. And by the way, last week when my wife heard this, she said, that's the strangest contest ever. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. But anyway, you have to make up a cigar. For instance, the one of the um, applicants we received this week from Alex was the stopped watch, that it's the right time for it twice a day. I like that. He said Rocky Patel, but I've got to think um, Nat Sherman. Because of their time series. They have their time motif. I, I think Nat Sherman might be the people to make the stopped watch. <laughs> you know, especially if you've smoked Nat Sherman, the, the stopped watch would kind of fit in their, their whole catalog very well. Yeah, I feel like the band would be like a pocket watch on, on the head of the label. With a crack down yeah. the middle? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that would be very... Which is very timeless, very Nat Sherman. Very very Nat Sherman, very good. But that's, that's an example of a great entrance. So if you're listening, Alex, Shane's telling you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Alex, I have disqualified you because she chose the wrong cigar company. Oh. <laughs> but no. no, give us a little background on it, you know, um, why the name and why the cigar company. Make up a cigar company if you can't think of one that it falls in line with. Uh, but drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com, or send us a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash thecigarcast slash thecigarcast. Let's try and do that in English. Uh, also, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. We can take all of your entries there, too. Well, I'll get a post together this week so that you can also comment your made-up cigar name on the post on Facebook. There we go. Sounds good. So, sounds like we've had a great show. About time to wrap it up. Go sit down and have a few cigars. Play hypocrite or hero. <laughs> we, have, we have so much stuff that goes on after the show. One night we're just going to have to sit here and have our regular... <laughs> that'll be behind the paywall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.